amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today is the 17th of January. It's very important because today is the day before Martin Luther King's birthday is officially recognized the third Monday in January. And it is a few days, today, three days, 72 hours from now, we will inaugurate the 46th president of the United States. We have not seen in our modern history such a fractious and such a terminal election season, an election season defined by lies and rumors, an election season defined by personal attacks on people, and culminating in a riot at the Capitol building in which sat the vice president, the second in command of the United States, and the speaker of the house, the third in command of the United States, filled with 434 Congress members, men and women elected by the people to represent them, and 100 senators also elected by the people to represent them, attacked by a man who is dissatisfied at the results of an election that he horribly lost. When he took over office, the Republican Party gave him the House, the Senate, and the presidency. He has lost both in four years, the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And from all indicators, it's not likely to ever go back into Republican control for at least another 10 years. Why? Because the Republican Party has done a hatchet job of public service and of services to the people, have focused more on personality, focused on divisive politics, and politics that rip the country apart, perspective of the outcome, just focused solely on the maintenance of power. We had a Senate majority leader who was focused solely on ensuring that Barack Obama was a one-term president and that Barack Obama would never get anything done. And he succeeded. But his success was at the cost of the next presidency. His success was at the cost of the Republican Party maintaining a stranglehold on the Senate. And how divisive those politics were. Politics focused merely on race-based policies. Policies that were designed to empower one group of people and to marginalize another group of people. We're seeing it happen right now where right now the very president who was ousted, who was voted out handsomely, that very president enacted laws in the summer to marginalize black people who were marching against police brutality. Are you hearing me? He enacted laws to marginalize and to criminalize black people. Those very same laws are now in place for his own supporters who desecrated the Capitol. What a time. And in less than 72 hours, in 72 hours, we'll be inaugurating the 46th president. Now, here's to take over a country that is divided. I'm not worried about that. 
because people are always going to have their opinion. There will always be groups of people, as we saw in the riots, who believe that America should be white and should remain white. When they came to America, their ancestors came to America, America was filled with indigenous peoples who were brown. Somehow they believed that, I don't know if God came down on a cloud. I have to ask God about that. He never told me that. And told them that somehow America was theirs and theirs alone. So they're angry because they feel marginalized, because they feel as if too many colors. When if it's not black people, it's the brown people, it's the Asiatic people, it's everybody else. So they refuse to accept uh, a, a reality that is transcendent and that is upon all of us. <laughs> that is by 2050, the majority will be colored people. We'll have a minority majority where the majority of people will be black and Hispanic, period. And so they're fighting for that. So they had a president who engaged in race-based politics. He used race to bait people. Somehow he lit into that factor of American life and radicalized people. He radicalized people who were always on the fringe, who were always extremists, and who were perceived by the government as extremists. But he radicalized them, and he radicalized even more people. And so they took to his invitation and marched on the Capitol and marched into the Capitol building, intending to displace and to bring bodily harm to Mike Pence. And I just want to ask Mike Pence this question. How do you feel today? You're still alive. You're alive today because people, a black man who was a police officer, whom you voted in legislation against, saved your life. How do you feel? How does it feel? How does it feel to be alive today, Mr. Pence, knowing that for four years you blindly supported this man, knowing that he was evil and cruel? You sat in on policy meetings that they had where they talked about the wicked things that they would do to people of color. You sat in on that. And you let it be. You never objected. You never said anything. So what did you think was going to happen? The one time you stood up to him and said no is the one time that he decided to send people in there to take your life up. So I want to ask Mike Pence. He didn't invoke the 25th Amendment because obviously you're thinking of 2024. There's no 2024 for you. You're never going to be president of the United States, Mr. Pence. People are never going to forget your cowardice in the, spite, in the face of the most brutal attack. You never came out and spoke out against it. You never addressed Donald Trump and said, how could you do this to me? You never told came to the people and said, I didn't believe this man could ever do this to me after all the loyalty I gave him. You thought you put loyalty to party over country and that the country is going to forget I, for one, I'm not going to forget. And as I live and move and have my being, I'm going to make sure others don't forget. Because you should have stood up to that bully. When you should have told him, this can't happen and you can't do this, you never did. So you have no spine. So if you can't stand up to that bully who is an outgoing president, how are you going to stand up to any other bully who wants to bully America? It's that simple. What you were facing You trusted this dude. We've been telling you for four years that this man is dangerous. And you trusted him. You didn't know him before. He's not someone you have known all your life. You didn't commiserate all your life. You didn't hang out. You didn't play ball with him. You didn't hang out at the club and so on. So you didn't really know this dude. 
but you gave him your undying loyalty. And at the end of it, he was going to kill you, knowing you and your family were in that place. I don't know how you sleep at night then. I don't know how it doesn't bother you. Instead, you're focused on 2024, thinking there's going to be a Republican Party in 2024. Not a chance. I'll tell you this much. The people who supported Trump, they're still out there. They're never going to admit that it's their fault. All these people who marched into the Capitol, they're radicalized now and forever. Because now the truth of the matter is that the rest of us have shown them that they really are stupid and dumb. And secondly, they destroyed what they've always said was patriotic and was true to them. Remember, they were the only true blue Americans. They were the only ones who believed in Blue Lives Matter, but they were beating up police officers with the American flagpole. They were looking for you, the vice president, to hang you, put up a thing out there with a noose to hang you and said, hang Mike Pence. The same Mike Pence who walked behind Donald Trump. The same Mike Pence who cleaned up Donald Trump. That's what you get for being a yes man. No, you know, being a vice president is not being a yes man. Being a vice president is standing in your own shoes and telling him, I don't agree with this, but I will go along with it, or just saying this is not the best path for you to go. You've been in government a long, long time. Donald Trump did it for four years and fell in love with the power and wants the power forever. You've been around government all of your life, and you couldn't see this dude coming from a mile away. Imagine that. Now, the guy who, were, who was voted in as president, he was vice president for eight years. But from all indications, he had disagreements with the guy who was president. They didn't they seemed to get along. They talked about the issues. They handled different things. Trump didn't even give you anything to handle. He wanted always to be in front of the cameras. And you just went along for the ride because it was a good ride. So now you're paying for it. You can't go back to Indiana. I would suggest you not do that, by the way. Yes, I'm telling Mike Pence, don't go back to Indiana. Don't go back there because the militias are out there and they're radicalized and they will drive up from wherever they are. Don't go back there for a long, long time. Stay where you are in Virginia or wherever in D.C., in the D.C. area. You're better off. Don't go back there because they haven't forgotten. It's not going to wear off. And the next two years, the next election cycle is in 2022. It's going to be riled up again. All the hatred, all that hatred that Donald Trump fed is not going to go away. We're going to have to find a way to control it. But it's not going to go away. It's still going to be there because that's what Trump did. See, he didn't create it. It was always there. But what he did was radicalize it and feed it. He had four years to pump it and feed it until he brought out the worst people and brought out the worst in people. Look at the people who were at the Capitol, realtors, people who work for banks, people who run insurance companies, people who are former military vets. He radicalized these people who were always thieving. We all have issues. That's why black people took to the streets. We took to the streets in the summer. But you sent out the National Guard. You sent out federal officers to beat us. You protected the Capitol. You, Pence, and Trump. You had people surrounding the Capitol. How does it feel now to see them tear the place down? 
and march right in there. And you wouldn't even touch them because you don't want to stop a peaceful protest. Black people were peacefully protesting. And you sent officers to beat them up and rubber bullet them and said you and Donald Trump stood there and said they're not patriotic. They're tearing down the monuments of our nation. They went right up into Nancy Pelosi's office. Better yet, they marched right into the Senate and sat in the seat where you had just sat, Mr. Pence. I suggest you not go back to Indiana for a long, long time. It's not going to be good. I promise you, these people, they're not going to let it go. You see, now that Donald Trump is being removed, he's being removed from office. It's not just that the 20th is upon him. He's being removed by a force greater than anything he could have ever understood. And now that he's being removed from office, when he's out of office, he'll be nobody and nothing. They're going to decimate him. I've said this for years now. They're going to remove his power. They're going to remove his money so he will never rise up again for what he has done to the country. It's one thing to be political. We will always have differing political views. We're supposed to be arguing about the deficit. We're supposed to be arguing about minimum wage. We're supposed to be arguing about stuff like that. That's our disagreement. Our disagreements tend to be more ideological than anything else. They're prefaced because they're prefaced upon the fact that we each care ardently enough about the American view and the American way of life. So we are defending that. That's not what Donald Trump did. That's not what he radicalized. These people were always dissatisfied. And a lot of it has to do with public policy over time. A lot of it, too. So you guys who have been running government for some 30-odd years, you don't get away with it. You had enough time to stem the tide of resentment that has been rising up because people are resentful of seeing so many, of seeing rich people continue to be richer. And they're not gaining a foothold in, their, in, in making money. That's what this is all about. All Donald Trump did was feed that hatred and resentment. People are looking at, but I sent my kids to college. I'm burdened with student loan debt. I'm burdened with I had to take a mortgage out on my house for my husband's operation, for my husband to get a medical procedure, for my wife to get a medical procedure. I had to take out a third mortgage on my house to send my kid to get a four-year degree. People are burdened by that. They had to take mortgages out on their house to start businesses because banks since 2008 are not lending money to private businesses. You do know that. Those are the things we're supposed to be worried about. Instead, we're arguing about color, like it's ever going to go away. God created the world and everybody in it. When, when white Europeans came to America, they saw brown people. They brought black people from Africa to enslave black people. How did you think this was ever going to end? Seriously, how did you think this was going to end? At some point, people are going to become empowered. So what did you think? You were always going to cower them and tie them down? Not so. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. The preponderance of the idea is ridiculous. And when you look at the very ideology surrounding white supremacy, you realize that it's not sustainable. It's the same idea that caused slavery to fail. The fact that you're always going to subjugate one group of people, like that is ever a fantastic workable idea. So the very idea of white supremacy was going to fail anyway. We live in a world where there are more brown and black people than there are white people. 
So the chance that you were going to hold on to power using military might or using weapons of war was, was fast fading, let's say. Do you see what I'm saying? And not when you have the rise of countries like China and other countries, it was not sustainable as an ideology. So we needed to evolve in the first place. We should have evolved. Instead, we kept holding on to the vestiges of the past as if that was going to guide us into a peaceful future. Hell to the no, it never was going to work. It was never sustainable. But we kept holding on to the idea of democracy, that we could still elect a leader whom we like. Isn't that what the American ideal is? Elect a leader whom you choose, not someone who is appointed for you. All of a sudden, Donald Trump wants to change that because he likes the idea of being president. It suits his ego to always be the most important person to walk in the room and to always be the one whom everybody comes and bows down to. All of a sudden, this guy, who was a reality TV star, went to Washington and said, oh, my God, this is the real power. I, can't ever, I don't ever want to lose this. It's too good. They even gave him somebody to taste this food for him. He's like, I've never had this before in my life. Instead of humbling himself to his circumstances, after all, he just came from Queens, New York. It's not like he was born royalty. His father was a peddler. So I accept that, you know, because of America and being white, I made it, y'all. Let me show you how I can show you to you how you can do it, too. We're all the same kind of thing. You know, sort of like how Ronald Reagan did it. Yeah, I'm an actor. And he kind of just had everybody else just going along with him. Instead, this guy came and wanted to overturn the status quo. He hated everybody. He surrounded himself with the dumbest people on the planet. I was watching in awe on Thursday night when the 46th president outlined a plan to bring America back. I literally, I have forgotten what it's like to have a president who has solutions. We actually started believing, based on what Donald Trump told us, that there was nothing we could do about the spread of the coronavirus. There was nothing we could do about the spate of the economy. We believed it. Then here comes the 46th president reminding us of how America used to take care of its people. That's what made America great. That's why everybody else in the world wanted to come to America, because America takes care of its people. We're one of the few countries and one of the few superpowers in the world where there's birthright citizenship, where I, as an immigrant, can give birth to a child born in the U.S. and they become a citizen. In Europe, that stuff doesn't happen. They kill you off over there. In fact, Europe, who is now trying to tell America what to do, imagine that. After America liberated Europe from Nazism, now all of a sudden Europe wants to be, oh, well, you know, America needs, get yourselves together. Just two years ago, you were fighting over Brexit. If Donald Trump had had any sense, he should have intervened. But his head was caught up in the clouds thinking about his power. Just a few years ago, they all, that's how Macron became president of France. Because of the insurgency, they almost killed people in the streets in France. Didn't they shoot, uh, throw stuff at the palace where the president lives? So how come Europe is coming to talk to us, the very bed of white supremacy? How? How is it possible that Europe wants to tell us what to do? Let me just remind you all where, who Europe is. Just remember that up until uh, 30 years ago, they were charging a tax on televisions in, in Britain. 
In Britain, you can't own land. You rent the land. You might own the house that is on the land because you took out a mortgage for the house, but you don't own the land. The land is still owned by the aristocracy and you pay rent. That's Britain. Here, you want you see a piece of land, you have the money to buy it, you just go down to the bank and alone buy the land, you own the land. You and Uncle Sam and the bank who signed off on it. Big deal. That's the promise of America. So I have no love for Europe at this time when you're trying to tell America what to do. You all need to go jump off or something. Where do you get that from? You were the ones who put black immigrants two years ago who were trying to run away from climate change in Africa, couldn't find food to feed their people. Didn't you put them in cages? Yes, I'm looking at you, Europe, Spain, and France, and Portugal, and moving up to the, the Scandinavian countries. Didn't you do that? Didn't you lock people up? In cages, didn't you put them in restricted zones, even in Berlin, the people from Turkey who are trying to run away from civil war? Don't you put them in in tenements? So Donald Trump took a page out of your book. And you want to come tell us what to do? You remember World War II? America and Americans liberated Europe. Then it wasn't enough to actually do the liberation. We had to rebuild the economy. American money went in and built up Europe, lest you all forget. We can stay over here and defend this part of the world. We're good. We can leave you all to deal with China and Russia because you share land space with them. We don't. We have one little piece of land up in Alaska that joins us to Russia. Oh, we have enough weapons, we can defend that. But as for you all in Europe, Deal with Russia and China. Don't mess with America. America is still a superpower. We're not a superpower. We are the superpower. We have the weapons and the money. And Donald Trump didn't care about that because he did not understand that. If he truly understood power, he would have understood the kind of power. Instead, he was just focused on proving to the people in New York that, look, I'm down in D.C. and I can show you all what to do. And the people in New York got pissed off. And they're like, well, you're going to get out of power and we have some indictments waiting for you. So if he really were thinking and he surrounded himself with young people who have no concept of time, They have no concept of what ramifications are and consequences of action. He surrounded himself with people like Stephen Miller, who was a hater, who hated people, and who wrote executive orders marginalizing Chinese people and Indian people so they won't get H-1B-1 visas. Why would you do something like that? Why would you stick out a group of people like that? Marginalizing people from Africa and the Caribbean. Like, that's everybody in America. This is the most ridiculous thing. How did you think that was sustainable? Because they lived in a little bubble. But I say to Europe, though, that's our bubble. We can afford to. Remember World War II? You had to come to Churchill and ask, uh, come to uh, Roosevelt, uh, FDR, and ask him for help. Remember Churchill had to come and they met in the Atlantic? We ain't meeting you in the Atlantic this time. We'll be sitting over here saying, huh, 
Let me check my manicure. This will be America. Hmm. Let me dust my manicure off. Oh, we have some embassies over there. Well, we can call our people home. We can protect those, can't we? Mm-hmm. That's what America will be doing. Stay over there with Russia and with China because you don't have a good human rights record for the people who live within your borders in the first place. So you have no business telling America what to do. We're a democracy, and democracy is most effective when it is tested. If it is not tested, then it's not true. We have a constitution that was written over 200 years ago that provides a very detailed way on how power moves from one person to the other. It was the Republican Party who got so consumed in personalities. They were looking for a replacement to Barack Obama. Remember Barack Obama, the charismatic, tall, black guy, very nice guy, able to charm everybody and convince everybody of his perspective and his view. The Republican Party said, we want someone like that, but our base, because they're racist, we got to get someone white. They went and looked for someone white and charismatic. They didn't examine them. They didn't check their knowledge of civics, as basic as it gets. All this proves to all of us is that we need to ensure that civics is taught all the way up to the college level. <laughs> that civics should be taught all the way through high school up to the college level so nobody ever forgets how the Constitution really works. Because Trump certainly did. I don't even know if the guy went to school. He doesn't demonstrate the knowledge. He just thinks, oh, off with it. A democracy is most effective when it's tested. And ours has survived the test. This is not the first time that this has happened. It's not the second time, and it probably won't be the last. It's going to happen. Why? Because there will always be groups of people. And this is just a note to the people who create public policy and who formulate public. They need to understand that their policies have direct interventions and applications to people's life in real time. Over time, you're, what you're seeing played out is people have been losing their farms and their homes and their ways of life and their businesses due to public policy, interest rates being so high, can't get a loan to save your life, can't get a line of credit from the bank to keep your businesses going, can't get jack none. But you see these people pontificating. If, people, when, if this were to wear off, let's say the fog over people's minds, the Trumpsters, let's say the fog were to wear off, if it really were to wear off, they would realize that what they're really angry at is the system, the way things are working. They're dissatisfied with the fact that they're continually marginalized, that you work, 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 and you still can't pay off your mortgage. And you work, 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 and then at the end of the day, you retire, and you still don't have a good life. They're angry at that. But instead of showing their anger, they let this man convince them that the people who caused it were the people inside the Capitol. To some extent, they might be right because those are the policymakers. But the Republican Party has been the arbiter, has been the arbiter of public policy for the last 30 years. Don't you hear Mitch McConnell say the Senate is the most powerful legislative body in the world? He determines public policy. Why do you think he was holding on to power like it's a life support? Like, give me power, it keeps me going. Like, literally. That's how they're thinking about it. But who has those policies benefited? Look at it this way. We went through a pandemic. So many people lost their homes. Lord God Almighty, help the people. 
People lost their business. Can you imagine what it's like to use your your life savings to invest in a business and due to the pandemic, you have lost it all? So many people lost everything through this pandemic. And instead of Trump and the Republican Party coming forward and offering a way of hope, a ray of hope, instead they give all the money to the very rich, the 0.001%, not the 1%. The 0.01% is who got the money. How is it that the richest people became trillionaires during the pandemic? But the people lost their homes, lost their jobs, lost their way of life. While Trump and his friends were having one long Washington party. The party was so long it stretched from Washington to New York to Florida. The only place he didn't go was the West Coast. And he didn't go overseas much because apparently he doesn't like Europe. He probably thinks Europe is, you know, has some businesses over there. But hey, nothing happening over there. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That's what people are upset about. Those people in the hills, they've they've always been there. They believe that the government of the United States has betrayed them from being a white government and supporting white ideology. That's their problem. They'll always have a problem. But we controlled them before, and we can control them again. Why? Because they're disruptive to the way of life. That might have been true 200 years ago. But that's not how it it has evolved. See, when you form a business, you have to let it evolve. The most successful businesses are the ones who adapt to the changing times. They either create the change or they move with the change. That's success. But if you sit still and stay in your own little corner, you're never going to get anywhere. I looked at the faces of some of those people who were tearing the capital down, and you could see the anger. The anger was these people think that they're better than me, and I am still down here. I'm just earning $70,000 a year, $80,000 a year, mortgage to the hill, all to the hill, don't have $5,000 in my in my bank account. But you're up there, but you have $50,000 on your credit card, though. Right? And they're mad, and they were angry. That anger is not going to go away. We're going to see that play out. Here they come threatening state capitals. I did warn you all that this was going to happen. When it happened in Michigan last April, I warned you all. I told you this was not a good sign. I don't let it happen. When they threatened the Michigan governor's life, I warned you all. I said, don't let this happen again. Stop it. Get them out of the hills. Go tear them down and bring them down. Trump told the security forces, no, leave them alone. They're his supporters. So they came down and they tore the place up. What did you think really was going to happen? We can't continue like that. That's not how this is designed to be. We can't, we just, it's not sustainable. It's just not sustainable. And I'm afraid that we have boxed ourselves in. Because how are we going to get out of here? Let's think about that. Here we are. The, the incoming president has outlined a plan to rescue America, right? So in his plan, there are a couple of key elements. He's going to control the virus. Who thought the virus was controllable? Not Trump or his people. They kept telling us about herd immunity. 
where everybody gets it, that's how it was going to be stopped. They had the resources, but they were saving it for themselves. We also found out that Trump does not have reserves of the vaccine. How is that possible, that he doesn't have reserves of the vaccine? So what they did with the money that they sent to these places to buy the vaccine, where did all the vaccines go? They have it stored up somewhere where they're going to sell it later on the open market, he and his son-in-law, Jared. I am calling for an investigation into their activities for the rest of time. What did they actually do when they were president? I don't believe they just sat there and drank champagne and ate caviar all day. Do you? I don't think so. I think they made some deals so they can live afterwards because that was the plan. Frankly, it doesn't seem as if they made any plans for afterwards. They were pretty sure that if he appointed people to the Supreme Court and if he appointed judges all around the country, that that would guarantee that they would never vote against him if an election was challenged. That's how come Amy Comey Barrett was appointed. She was appointed because she was a clerk under George W. Bush. When George W. Bush sought to overturn the elections in, in, in Florida, remember? She was the clerk who worked at the law firm that provided services to Bush. Somebody in the Republican Party told Trump about her, and they went and looked for her to make her a Supreme Court justice, thinking this time it would work for him. Again, who is, what's the common denominator there? The Republican Party. They're not the party for America. They're the party for themselves. Sometimes I wonder how Bush felt sitting back, watching all this chaos that he started and he created. So he set a dangerous precedent for Trump to follow. So Trump is like, if Bush did it, surely I can. What's the difference between me and Bush? So he did. The times have changed. Back then, we did say, don't do it. It's going to set a dangerous precedent. Nobody listens. George Bush was hell-bent on becoming president just to fulfill some lifelong dream of being president, not because he was competent at it, because he wrecked the economy and handed it to a young man to fix it. And they did. They did. He was charismatic enough. He came and he explained to us what was wrong and what he was going to do to fix it. But then you had the strongholds in the Republican Party who hated the fact that he's black. Just hated that. How do you get away with it in today's world? You hate someone for the color of their skin. You don't hate them because they're a terrible person, because they're ignominious. You you don't hate them because they are disgusting. They're repellent. You hate them because of the color of their skin. And so the Republican Party is reaping what it's sold. The chaos, the broken part of the Republican Party, because they don't have a cohesive party, because conservatives left them. And the bedrock of their party has left them in the cold. The people who left the Republican Party during this cycle, they're not going to go back and vote Republican again. They're done. They will either stay away from elections in the future or vote for someone else. They might define themselves as Republican because Republicanism used to be a way of thinking, literally. Those people, they're not going back, especially what, who calls themselves Republican who tore up the Capitol. The people who said they're Republican and tore nobody's going to identify with that. That day and time is over and gone. All we have is trouble. All I can see now is trouble coming. What's going to happen in the next 72 hours? 
trouble. What's going to happen in the next 72 days? Trouble. We might have 72 months of trouble. That's all. It's going to be troubling for us. It's going to make us wonder if we really want to hold on to this democracy. It's going to, and it has to, because it's the only way we're going to determine if it's worth fighting for. Because we're going to have to make up in our minds, what do we want to be? Do we want to be a country that's constantly is fomenting and fomentable by people who are personality cults and you're going to elect people based on personality or you're going to elect them based on sense? Are you going to elect people because they can do a fist bump like Josh Hawley from Missouri, who has no sense whatsoever, who was out there encouraging the supremacists to go in and the rioters to go in and and, and all those people? He was encouraging that. Are we going to elect those people? Or are we going to look into someone's face and say, tell me why you want to be president. Tell me why you want to be Republican. Tell me why you want to represent me. Tell me what you're going to do if the chips come falling in. Tell me. We're going to, we're in for trouble. Trouble is on insight and a lot of trouble. That's going to make us very uncomfortable. That It's going to make nation rise up. It's going to make people rise up. You're not going to trust your neighbor. A lot of us who live in communities where we are the minority, we're going to be unsettled for a long time. You're going to have to make up in your mind what you're going to do. Are you going to be comfortable living there? Because you don't know what your neighbors are planning when they go behind closed doors. You don't know. Trump has radicalized them. He radicalized them so much that a man who lived in Florida, in in Georgia, a former police officer, felt like he could chase down a young black man jogging. I'm warning you, we're in for trouble. We're in for some serious trouble. And it is going to be, it is going to be a while. It is going to take us to a whole other level of stuff. We have trouble on the horizon. And we got to be really, really careful about how we matriculate going forward, how we deal with it, because I can't see anything else. Nothing. It's not clear. it's, It's just hazy. It's trouble. We're going to go into an election season in 2022 with trouble. People are going to have to campaign differently. They're going to use more mediums like this because it's going to be dangerous for them to go out in public. You have a vice president who is going to be in hiding in just a minute. Pence, he can't go back to his own constituency in Indiana because there are people waiting for his neck. Because you allowed a cult of of a man to tell people that the elections were fraud. Not one person from the Republican Party ever came out and said that Donald Trump was lying. Not one person. So you made people actually believe it. When, they t- when you see the polls that say the Republican Party, they're talking about the fringe elements. They call mom and pop Joe somewhere, and they're going to say, yeah, hell yeah, he was still right. God bless them. Because sometimes you have to wonder, do we really want you to make decisions about how this country goes forward if you're going to be constantly blinded by color? Some of the brightest minds that Joe Biden has surrounded himself by came up with a plan to roll out the vaccine. And the rest of us are sitting there like Trump 
couldn't think about this? They came up with a plan to say that they're going to enact uh, uh, community centers. Meanwhile, the rest of us were sitting here like, so they didn't think about that? They didn't think that they could send it to the local doctor and the urgent care facilities and use community centers to, to give people vaccines and that you don't have to be a doctor or a nurse to do it. Your CNAs can give vaccine. People who are medical assistants can give vaccine. Like, seriously? And we're, this is us sitting there like, seriously? The Republican Party is responsible for the dismantling of America. The Republican Party did this. In their quest for power and the exclusivity of power, they lost their focus. They stopped focusing on the people and focused only on using the people to obtain and secure power for a lifetime. That was Mitch McConnell's goal. He did this. And the others who sat silently by, never complained, never spoke up. If you are silent, you are complicit. That's who destroyed this. And then it created a vacuum for someone like Donald Trump to come in and say, hey, all you have to do was say, hey, everybody, and start smiling. And everybody fell in love with a man who had no concept of running. You got to understand Trump lives in a world where there are only rich people. So who was he going to benefit and favor? That's a question I've always wanted to ask the people who follow him. Trump going to invite you to live with him? I've told you this. When this is over, Trump is going to get on a jet plane and he's going to fly away to another mansion. Are you going with him? Is he going to invite you to come live with him at his mansion? Is he going to invite you to come in his motorcade and drive in his limousine with him? Not likely. So why are you following him? Knowing that the elections were never stolen. Hmm? Do you see the lawsuits going around by the company who makes the voting machines? They intend to may set a president on anybody who lied about this. The Republican Party turned on itself. When you turned against the people, the, the governor... And the Secretary of State in Georgia, they're Republican. They said the elections were free and fair. They counted the, elect, the, the vote by hand. Next thing they were going to do was use their toes. And he still wasn't satisfied. Why? Because he has this personality mechanism that says nobody could reject him. I just want to say to you, 75 million of you voted for him, but 80 million people voted for Biden. They don't have a say. So really what you want to do is disenfranchise Black voters in Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and brown voters in Arizona and Nevada. That's what you want to do. So you want to choose now to say, when it's time for war, it's okay to send black and brown people to war. But when it comes time for them to choose a party and to choose a president whom they like, they shouldn't. So it's okay for the police to be to open rubber bullets and to send tanks to mow down black and brown uh, uh, protesters. But they can walk into the Capitol and beat up police officers. And it's okay. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So the question then is, well, what are you going to do in the next 72 hours? We're going to wait and see. The next 72 days, we're going to wait and see. It's going to be trouble. 
It's going to all be trouble. They're not going to go away. Because you've got to understand, in radicalizing the fringe elements of the party, there were accelerationists within the structure who determined that Donald Trump was an easy target to destabilize the government of the United States. Prior to, they couldn't do that. But with Donald Trump, they recognized that they could, and so they did. They radicalized. He radicalized them. So they used the dissatisfaction with the election to mount up and to say, this is why we're doing this. They're a cover for the real insurrectionists who have always been there, who have always wanted to destabilize the power. And thanks to you, the Republican Party, you made that happen. Now, who are the real patriots? You like to talk about how patriotic you are. Well, who are the real patriots? Tell me, who are the real patriots? You radicalized the fringe element. You should have never let. It's like the song that says, who let the dogs out? You should have never done open those gates because the genie's out of the box and you can't get it back in. Now, what are you going to do? How are we going to live? Not just in the next 72 hours, the next 72 days, the next 72 weeks, the next 72 months. How are we going to live? What are we going to do? Are we going to live in fear that these people will at any moment hurt a public official just to destabilize the country and destabilize this community? I was watching yesterday as the, the, the Secretary of State for Wisconsin practically a few days ago was Friday saying, I can't believe this is happening. All over the country, they went after the lieutenant governor, the duly elected lieutenant governor in the state of Pennsylvania. They wanted to unseat him. The Republican legislature led by people who don't even have college degrees. First of all, there needs to be some requirement. If you're going to run for office, you should at least have a four-year degree. Come on now. That's the basic that you can do. They wanted to unseat him. Not because it was true that the elections were rigged or so, just because he said no. What is wrong with you people? You know what is wrong with you? Cultism. And no shame that you can't accept that you were ever wrong. You're ashamed. You can't accept that you were wrong. And you supported the wrong person who tore down the very democratic institutions that you claim you're patriotic to. And you claim you're dedicated to, you tore it down. Some of these people who are ex-military who were at the Capitol, they're angry. Why? Because policymakers send them into wars and they come back from wars and their bodies are broken, their minds are broken, and they're angry. That's what you radicalized? Seriously. So radicalized that in Pennsylvania, they want to overturn the way electors are elected just because they're angry at the outcome. There's a guy who, uh, what's his name, Cawthorn from North Carolina. He's a Republican. He dropped out of college, but he lied on his bio on a public webpage that he went to college. The college says he didn't go, he was kicked out. Yeah. He also assaulted women. You're so, all he has to do was to stand there and talk about Donald Trump and you all jumped and voted for him, but you disavow everything else that he stands for. Look at that other girl, Mary, what's her name? Laura Bobbert. She just got her GED six months ago. Are you hearing me? She just got her GED six months ago. You elected her to the House of Representatives. She was tweeting out where Nancy Pelosi is located so that her followers could go look for Nancy Pelosi to kill her off. 
That's who you elected. That's who you elected. Think about that. The next time somebody comes to you and say, I've been saying it for years, before you vote for someone, investigate them yourself. Politicians always want to talk to the people. Well, go talk to them. So what do you think about so-and-so? What is your plan? What would you do? Talk to them. Get a feel for it. Don't just let them trick you off and blow you off with their personality. Because a lot of people were just following personality. I just like him because he's so personable. I just like him. Well, talk about his policy. Joe Biden bored me with his policy. Like, I'm sitting there like, this guy really knows his stuff. I was bored to tears, but he knew policy. He has an idea for everything that is wrong. Policy, which is what this is supposed to be about. My prayer is that everything goes okay, but it's not going to be. Because we have already let the genie out of the box. And the people, the genie is not going to go back in the box. You can't take it back in. They've been waiting for years for this moment. They use Donald Trump. They're called accelerationists. They use Donald Trump to set them up, to get them where they want to be. And now that they're in and they're out, good luck to the FBI to control them. Because now they have little tools called social media where they can reach massive groups of people and they can do whatever they want to do. All of you in industry who made a lot of money under Donald Trump, you all sat back and let this happen. And now here we are. The next 72 hours is going to prove to be the most troubling times we've seen in a while. Good day, everybody. This is Harriet Kamek. Have a good day. Be safe. Remember to wear our masks. Wash your hands frequently. Let's try to get this virus out of control so we can get back to normal and try to be the country that we love. Some days, just pray for us. Let's pray for one another. Amen? Amen. Thanks, everybody. Be blessed. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.